Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Man On Podcast. Uh, Craig again here for the third and final part of sharing my Game Week 10 wildcard thoughts. I've already done two pods. Um, the first one was around Arsenal assets and the best ones, and the second one was then around um, how we navigate Haaland and Salah, if we have both of them, and if we decide to go for one of them, which one we have. Um, so this is the, the third part of the, the trilogy, and this is looking at sort of five final discussion points that certainly I'm considering for my wild card um, in game week 10. I still haven't locked in yet, still got plenty of decisions to make, still not committing to to one plan or another right now. Um, and these are other thoughts that are sort of on my mind and impacting um, decisions that I'm making, but probably not enough to to have solo pods. So I thought I'd share them in, in one pod here. So if we go into part one is... So do we sacrifice any of what I'm calling the power five? So I've already touched on Haaland and, and Salah as a pair um, in the second pod. But I think the discussion around sort of premium, more expensive players goes beyond those two and also includes Yuming Sun, Bukaya Saka and Ollie Watkins. I think for those that wildcarded before game week 10, I don't know how many of those managers will own all five of these um, and I think for, for numerous reasons, I think they're the, the best five players to own right now, um, if possible. Um, don't think we need to go into much detail on why they're the best five, but I think in an ideal world, you'd have all five of these. Um, at current prices, so Saka went up last night, point one. So at current prices, um, just these five players would cost you 53.2 million. In my particular case, I've had a couple of them, mainly Sun. Um, for a period of time already. So I think they will cost me 52.7 million. Considering we need um, 15 players in our squad, spending over half the budget on five of them is obviously a lot. But I say for various reasons, they're very good right now. Watkins, inform, great fixtures, lack of alternatives up front. Um, Saka, Arsenal's best attacker, likely to be on penalties and, and nailed even seemingly when he's injured. Some playing centre-forward as a midfielder, and Salah and Haaland. So, i say if money wasn't an object, I think we'd have all five of these at the moment. And having all five of them is, is feasible. But in my case, at least with my team value, is taking quite a lot of compromise and, and sacrifice. And the decision is, is the power of these five so strong that they're needed regardless? And then we, we have to accept that we're having compromises in other positions, particularly in defence, in my case, quite a lot of cheap defenders in there. And I'm talking like 4.5, 4.4 million cheap. I'm even like considering a, a Joel Veltman or a Totti Gomez at the moment as a, as a, a defender alongside Charlie Taylor at 3.9, um, just to have a team I want. And then even in midfield, there's some sacrifice as well. Um, or are one of these players disposable which then means that we can have a stronger squad. So in Ollie Watkins' case, I think my decision is I could come down to Julian Alvarez. In Mikhail Saka's case, I can come down to Gabriel Martinelli or even James Madison. In Sun's case, I can come down to the same two players. Um, and Salah and Haaland, you obviously come down to any midfielder and you're, you're strengthening everywhere if you, if you go without one of those two because the, the difference in price between them and the rest is so much so, yeah, Haaland or Salah, are you looking at potentially having Trent Alexander-Arnold, Kieran Trippier, maybe even both in your team because it frees up so much money? So, yeah, just have a think about this. If you've got all five of these, 
do you need them all? I say Watkins banging form right now, overperforming his XG. Could we come down to Alvarez free up best part of a million and a bit? And that might be enough to improve one midfielder and two defenders or something to, to, to better options. Is Saka currently injured? Um, still playing. Um, we're coming into a part of the season when there's lots of fixtures. He's, he's obviously, the weather's changing. Will that colder weather impact his, how his injury progresses and develops? Will he be given a rest to try and manage his injury? Um, and so we can come down a million or 0.9 million, I think, current prices to Martinelli, who in general might be considered a bigger goal threat anyway. Saka is sort of a nice blend between creator and goal scorer. Um, but I think Martinelli, if you look at sort of pure ruthless finishes, is is that player for Arsenal? Is that the best option they've got in that role if Nketi is not playing? So if we're picking Sun over Madison because he's a bigger goal threat, can we can we go for Martinelli over Saka? Because I think it ticks the same box in the Arsenal team. I say Sun to Madison, um, quite a big price difference in Madison's case. So I got him for 7.6 or something like that, I think. So best part of 2 million to be saved if I lose some for Madison and that will allow me quite a lot probably a trip here in defence maybe even a, a slightly better fourth or fifth mid or something his son's goal threat and sort of capabilities for hat-tricks and things like that um, and bigger upside is that enough to warrant paying best part of two million extra for Tottenham's fixtures are okay um, so that's a tricky one so yeah I'm, I'm looking at this at a minute and thinking do I are these five that good that I really want these five, they're the best options for their respective teams. Or, uh, but in a way, my squad suffers. Even some of my players in my starting 11 are maybe not players I'd ideally want. They're, they're fine, but I'd like better ideally. And if I, if I came down from just one of these players, that would probably give me a starting 11 that I'm really happy with. And maybe one sub that I'm really happy with where now I'm compromising. So decisions way up throughout the day for me before the deadline, but that's one thought. Um, my second sort of big question is around Arsenal and Liverpool. I think I said on the Arsenal pod that one of the big perks of wildcarding in game week 10 was to jump on Arsenal and Liverpool fixtures. They're two teams I expect to finish in the top three in the final league table. And both of them have good runs of fixtures here for the next six weeks. I know there's the odd bad game in there. Arsenal away to Newcastle game week 11, Liverpool away to Man City game week 13. But away from that, the other... Um, six fixtures in the next seven for both clubs are very good. So we've got two good teams here with really good fixtures over the next seven. And I think quite importantly in my, for me is that managers that have already wildcarded won't get anywhere near six of these. If some have already wildcarded, probably got Salah. He may actually be the only one. Some may have moved to Simakas last week, but maybe not. In Arsenal's cases, if you wildcarded around game week eight, you may have moved all your Arsenal on because their eight and nine fixtures weren't amazing. Some may have persevered with Saka, some may have persevered with a defender. But I wouldn't expect um, teams who have already wildcarded to have more than three Arsenal before this week's transfers. Realistically, it's one or two. So quite a big upside here for, for the wildcard is to have six players from these two teams. Um, and it feels like a, an edge over those that have already wildcarded earlier or going into particularly this game week with Sheffield United, Nottingham Forest, both at home for the two clubs. We've only got three options and we can have six. So getting six is tricky. Um, so I did a pod solely on Arsenal, so I won't go over that again. Um, but Liverpool, which three do you really want? Can you afford three because they're quite expensive? Simakas makes it a bit easier as one. 
But if you go Simakas, Salah, can you get the third one in? Um, probably not going to be able to afford Trent, for example, if you go for Salah and Haaland. Um, are you convinced enough over the minutes of the likes of Darwin Nunes, Luis Diaz or Diego Jota to, to pick them as a third option over alternatives? Not easy, but so I think the upside is there to go with, with three players for both of these teams if you can do it. So at the moment, my draft only has two Liverpool um, and does have three Arsenal. I'm still looking at, can I get that six Liverpool player in and what do I have to sacrifice to do it? So that's still on my mind. Um, and I think is is a valid sort of decision around wildcard. How many players from these two teams do you want? Or do you want to keep two of each for now just to give yourself that freedom and flexibility to maybe move on to another one in game week 12 in Arsenal's case? Because... Let's look at Saka again. We don't quite know if he's fully fit. Jesus, I'm not sure if he's fully fit. I think a few of the Arsenal players in the, in the European game on Wednesday in Seville um, maybe went down looking like they might be carrying a bit of a knock. And I think the important game here, as much as Sheffield United at home is very good in game week 10, there is Newcastle away next week. I think game week 12 at home to Burnley is a really big upside game for Arsenal. And then they've got a really nice run of four. I do think it's possible you could go in with two Arsenal this week on the assumption that you'll get the third one in in game week 12. Um, so something to maybe consider there. Have two more weeks to assess fitness and injury records and, and data. In Liverpool's case, I think if you're going to go for three, you're doing it from game week 10 to get Forrest at home and Luton away, which is obviously a really nice run in this block of seven. Um, another nice run of two in 14 and 15 as well. Fulham at home, Sheffield United away. So... Yeah, another one of my thoughts at the moment is is how I navigate these two teams. Um, third big sort of dilemma at the minute is where to pick my budget eight for Taka. Now, th this is an issue for me because I've, I've run all season so far with a budget third striker. So Cameron Archer, since about game week three or four, I think I think I started with Joel Pedro up front and then moved him down to Archer when, it, when Brighton's fix just turned and Pedro wasn't getting reliable minutes. Um, and it feels a good strategy to me because the choice in midfield is so good. There's so many great options in midfield that do we want to tie one of those spots down to a, to a cheap asset who's not one of the best? I've got no issues with Cole Palmer at 4.9. I think he's the best budget midfielder. And in terms of value for money, I'm sure he's a lot better than Cameron Archer for just 0.4 difference. Maybe he's gone up now. I think I've got him at 4.9. But... By having Cole Palmer, I can't then have five, what I would say, better midfielders. If money was no object here, I don't think Cole Palmer would be anywhere near my top 10 options on wildcard for midfield. Um, there's obviously lots of players around six and a half, seven million, and then some of the premiums we've already spoken about. So if if we're viewing midfield as the best position on wildcard and we're viewing midfield as a chance to really attack and so much choice to jump around assets and things, do we want to tie up one spot with our cheap attacker? Um, I'm reluctant to do that. So I'm I'm kind of edging back towards picking Archer as my third striker to allow um, five good midfielders. Uh, and obviously the issue is the, the, other, the, the other benefit to doing that is that, say, three strikers is quite hard to come by. Now, I've got no issue with going in with Haaland, Alvarez and Watkins. I think those three stand out right now as the three strikers to have if he was going to pick three. Um, Alvarez offers good value for money. Watkins, obviously, in good form, and Haaland's Haaland. If you want to punt, there's the likes of Hoyland, there's the likes of maybe Evan Ferguson now at six million. 
Um, didn't play in Europe for Brighton last night against Ajax, but maybe that means he'll play game week 10 at least. But they do have some options in attack Brighton to rotate, so his minutes are, are iffy. Same with Darwin Nunes, minutes are iffy. So Alvarez, Harlan, Watkins feels like the safe three to have. And I've got no issue with people going for those three and then picking Cole Palmer as the, their fifth mid and having sort of eight playable um, attackers. Because I think with Archie, you're never going to choose to play him, even if Sheffield United had what looked like a good game on paper. With Cole Palmer, I think you, you probably would play him if Chelsea had Luton at home or something, for example. And obviously taking penalties is an, is an extra tick. So Palmer's clearly the better option of the two. It's just whether you want to go for the three strikers or whether you'd rather load up in the midfield and then have to sacrifice a striker spot for Archer. You get the idea. So not completely sold on this decision. I'm edging more towards picking Archer and, and two forwards right now, um, just because I think the more options you can have in midfield, the better. But the three strikers and allow having a cheap Alvarez going into that um having that cheap option from Man City attack is is obviously very viable as well. So yeah, not completely set on this decision. I think it's one to to, to mull over. Moving on from that, a little bit is how many midfielders do we need between six and a half and seven and a half million? So on the screen right now is a list of midfielders priced between seven and a half and six point three actually. And I think sort of 75% of these midfielders are in my consideration right now. Luis Diaz to fill the third Liverpool spot. Jared Bowen with great fixtures. Not so interested in Grealish or Havertz or Sterling. Soboslay might be a cheap route into Liverpool. Um, playmaker sort of role, but maybe not contributing enough in terms of goals or assists compared to the likes of Madison um, to warrant it. But I wouldn't hate people picking him. Um, Kulisevsky, I don't think you'd own Mount, you won't own Anthony, you won't, but the RB very much on the radar. Um, I think he's been a bit unlucky the last three or four weeks for returns for Villa. And Waymo's immediate few games aren't great, but I think you might want him again soon. So have you you want a midfield position where you can move to him, I think it's quite useful. I wouldn't be against keeping him. Obviously, we know what we what he offers in terms of penalties and things. Richarlison, said a cheap route into Tottenham if you if you can't get with in with Son or Madison. It looks like he's going to play out on the left for the time being. Got an assist on Monday. Um, Trossard, probably a bit of a minute's risk to go without. Matoma and Fatty both look very good for Brighton at the moment. Both getting quite a lot of minutes and Brighton have great games. Doku, I think, is a bit of a punt, but Man City don't really have any sort of attacking outlet on the right. And I think he's a, he's a good balance opposite Grealish down the left. Those those two and Haaland played together in Europe um, earlier this week. Could be the front three moving forward. So donate him as a cheaper way into Man City attack. Kudus would like to see more starts from, so not an option. Almiron at Newcastle, very cheap. Whether you'd pick him over Gordon at 5.6 or whatever he is now is different, but it's still an option. Almiron and Gross, who's arguably the most now of all Brighton's midfielders for their good fixtures at, at 6.3. So that going down this list, there's probably about 10 options here just in this particular price bracket. And that's without the premiums and a couple of cheaper ones. So one of my wildcard drafts doesn't actually have any of these in because it's got Salah, Sun, Saka. And to accommodate those three and others that I want, I've had to go down to two cheaper options in midfield with none of these. And I didn't like that because I feel like at the start of the season, there was... The 8.5, shall we say, price bracket that had quite a lot of options in it. Um, we, we was looking at, well, down from nine really to eight, wasn't it? We was looking at Rashford, Bruno. We was looking at Saka, Odegaard, 
Um, Sun was in this price bracket, possibly Foden in there as well. I can't quite remember. But I just remember before the season started, this sort of eight and eight and a half million, we was looking at some teams, we were trying to pick four of them and thinking that was was viable. I think as the season's progressed, this price bracket now is the equivalent of what that was at the start. I think we're, we're kind of picking now who we want in them, them more expensive midfield spots. The likes of the Man United assets have now drifted away from being people we actually want. Um, and I think there's a, there's, there's a clear sort of hierarchy now at those more expensive price points. In here, though, um, not so obvious. So is it worth, again, going in with at least two of these? If, if we are going with sort of the part one of this um, pod was was Salah, Sun, Saka. Do we make sure we fill the other two places in our midfield with two players in this group to give us that freedom and flexibility to jump around form, fixtures um, and things like that and then make the sacrifices elsewhere? Um, maybe a solution to, to, for a reason not to have Ollie Watkins go down to Alvarez. We can have Haaland, Alvarez and Archer as our front three and that might allow us two of these midfielders to go in with the aforementioned three sort of more expensive ones? Or do we only need one of these and, and therefore we might still be able to have Watkins? So it all, it all kind of ties together and knits in together. But I, I certainly feel like I want at least one midfielder from this group just for that freedom and flexibility to jump around should fixtures change. So it might be, at the moment, I'm looking at Matoma with the with the sort of plan to move to Embueno in a couple of weeks when Brighton have a first three or four that are quite good. Um, and then he moves on to Brentford being quite good. Same with Diaby, it could be him. And then we move on to Embuemo. So, um, yeah, I've, I've got to make some final decisions around these price points. But in an ideal world, I'd quite like to have two. So we'll see if I can uh, see if I can make that happen. Um, and then the final slide here is around affordable defenders. So a lot of the players that have been spoken about here are relatively expensive. And obviously, to have relatively expensive players, you need cheaper ones. Um, certainly, if I'm going to go with Haaland and Salah, which I'm probably slightly favouring at the moment, but that could change again. Um, that means I can't afford what I would call three defenders that I, I really want. In an ideal world, I think I'd like to have Simakas, Saliba and like Trippier as my um, three sort of permanent defenders, should we say. And then the fifth defender would be a cheap one and the fourth defender would probably be someone around this price point, around four and a half million. Um, because I got this at Adogi for a bit cheaper, in an ideal world, I'd like to keep him as my fourth defender. I know he's got possibly some injury issues for this weekend, but I think moving forward, I think he's quite a nice fourth defender to own right now because we know he's going to start. He's in quite a good team that's capable of clean sheets. And he's got some capability of attacking returns. I think he's he's ticks a lot of boxes in terms of what makes a good fourth defender. And if you had to play him as a third defender because one of the others got injured, I think you'd be okay with that. By having five better midfielders or by having the power five, as I called them earlier, I may be fishing for like two or three of these defenders now, though. Not so easy to afford, certainly not easy to afford Trippier. May not even be easy to afford the likes of Saliba or Matt Cash or something. You might be forced to sort of have a 4.5 defender as your most expensive. Um, and so of these, where's the preference? The the five on the screen right now are Mark Wahey, Ezra Konsa, I kept a doggy on there, Sue Fowl from West Ham and, and Joel Veltman. Um, this obviously a Simicast as well, but I think he's a lock for a wild card, so I've not even included him. The, these five, though, are 
sort of in and out of my drafts at the moment. So Gray, he completely nailed. I'm not sure how good Crystal Palace really are. They've looked a bit off it the last two or three games. But at least with him, you know he's 90-minute man every week, a little bit of goal threat, um, maybe some possibility for some for some bonus points if Palace do keep a clean sheet. So steady fourth defender without being amazing, Gwehi. Concert's a bit the same. Villa have got better immediate fixtures, which um, could be quite nice. He's got some attacking threats. He's, he's known to score goals from corners, obviously won a penalty last week as well. Um, and absolutely nailed, a bit, a bit underestimated and underappreciated, I think maybe from general Premier League fans, is how good he is um, as a Villa defender. So I don't hate him as a four and a half. But again, Villa's fixtures may be turned quite quickly um, and, and suddenly not so good from about game week 14. So do you want your sort of fourth defender or maybe even a third defender in this case to be someone whose sort of midterm fixtures are so bad that you're probably not going to want to play him? At least Gwehi, his immediate fixtures aren't so good, but longer term, he's got a better spread. Um, so something to weigh up there. Sufal, um is it probably an all right option if you don't intend to play Ariola every week? I don't think you want to double up on West Ham defence. But if you've got Ariola as a backup or you're going without him, I think he comes into the discussion as a very attacking right back who might get some assists. West Ham's fixtures um in the short to mid-term, not too bad, not keeping many clean sheets though, but getting up for some attacking threat. And then Joel Veltman at 4.4. Quite nice to see Brighton keep a clean sheet in Europe yesterday. Um, not seeing many of those in the league. And because they've got so many injury issues at the minute, he may be their only fit fullback. I think we had James Milner playing left back and things yesterday. So again, Brighton, fairly good games in the short to midterm. A 4.4 option in there is pretty good. But then do you want to go in with him, who very quickly might become a minute's risk? You've got Simakas, who very quickly might become a minute's risk. If you look at the likes of Gabriel, say his minutes are never secure in my eyes, so he could become a minute's risk. And it's it's maybe a bit dangerous to go in with too many of these defenders um, who in a couple of game weeks, you might be looking at a whole back line and thinking, how am I going to get out of this? Matt Cash, another one, who's certainly not guaranteed to play every game for Villa right now. So I think there is something to be said about having a couple of what you call safe defenders, which is why Gwehi and Concer are and not bad options. A doggy, um, should he not be injured, is another one that ticks that box. So there's this balance for me at the moment of picking defenders with upside, like Sufal. Um, maybe Veltman comes into this discussion a little bit more. Or defenders that are maybe a bit more secure for minutes, but they're basically really going to get six points or, or two. And that's Gwehi and Concer and players like that. So if you are going to go in with five quite cheap defenders, I'd imagine one of them might be Gabriel at 4.7. I imagine one of them might be Simakas at 4.4. Say both of those, I think, have got some issues surrounding their minutes, at least in the midterm. So trying to work out the best way to, to juggle those with the other three defenders is a bit of a headache. And especially if money's a bit tight because you've prioritised spending it in midfield in attack, which is understandable. So this is probably going to be a, a sort of a decision right at the end of the deadline for me to sort of lock in who I want to go for from this group because there's pros and cons to all of these. Um, man, it's got an FPL team or something just to work out who I actually need to play in what week and that may, may decide for me. But there's quite a few in this group that are sort of on radar, even Harry Maguire at 4.2 now, should you need to save a little bit more money 
might be a useful short-term pick, uh, another one who's obviously a minute's risk in the longer term. So, yeah, that's the end of this pod. They're my final sort of five decision points that I'm going to weigh up for today and probably tomorrow morning. Um, still so many combinations of players that I could go for. I think my actual shortlist of options is probably down to about 30 players now um, across the positions. More limited in attack. I think really I'm only looking at four strikers, Haaland, Alvarez, Watkins and Archer. So it'll be a combination of those. And any of those four could drop out of my draft, depending on how I look at it. Midfield, there's a lot of options in the the mid-price bracket. How many of those can I squeeze in? So in an ideal world, I'd want Salah, Saka and Son. But do I have to sacrifice one of those to improve other parts of my team, particularly my defence, where I can't say I'm particularly overjoyed about having too many of those cheap options that look like rotation risks and sort of mid-term issues. Um, I don't want to be using too many transfers in sort of six to eight weeks' time trying to sort out four and a half million defenders. So some issues around that as well. And that probably will be dictated by how I set my midfield and attack. Um, Goalkeeper-wise, just for reference right now, as much as I wanted David Raya, and I was very keen on him on the Arsenal pod I did this time last week, um, just budget-wise, I think him and Areola, which was my first choice and still remains my first choice picks on wildcard that total cost of 10 million I think is a bit too much for my team value I can't stretch to that at the moment with all the other things I want to do so I haven't gone with those two um, at the moment I've gone double Brentford goalkeepers um, for a combined cost of 8.4 um, quite nice isn't it to have that guaranteed playing keeper if you, if you go for two for the same club um, obviously know the issues that they've got the blank coming up when the Man City game gets postponed and rearranged but I'll deal with that nearer the time. I may even just not play without a keeper that week or something. But in terms of saving budget, it's Ariola and Turner for, what's that cost? About 8.3. But I think I'd rather pay the extra 0.1 and have the two Brentford keepers because I think Brentford are a better defensive team with better routes to points and trying to juggle West Ham and Nottingham Forest goalkeepers. We're two teams that don't particularly trust defensively. So the thought of having to pick from either of those two each week is... So it's not something I'm particularly happy about. I think I'd, I'd be a lot happier for spending point one extra and having the two Brentford guys and know that I trust Brentford a bit more. Ben Mee's coming back. We know what Raya did last year for Brentford and I'm sure the way they recruit Brentford that, that Flecken has been brought in with the understanding that he's capable of replicating that Raya role. Maybe hasn't worked out as well as we would have hoped so far, but I'll... Um, I'll get on that train and hope that it improves in the, in, the, in the next part of the season. Um, so if you liked all three of these pods, you've had about over an hour of content now across three pods, probably near an hour and a half of content on three pods, just all on a wild card. Um, if you liked all of these pods, feel free to give me a comment and I'll try and reply. Um, feel free to like and follow and subscribe to the man on account on YouTube and on Twitter. Um, and good luck on your wild cards. Um, I'll maybe try and post my team tomorrow morning when I finally made a decision on what I'm going to do. Um, and then hopefully I can roll the transfer next week because I've got everything right in game week 10 and I can start improving my rank um, from where it currently is. But um, yeah, thanks all. And I'll speak to you again soon.